Pistol Braces in the New Year, this week on Mail Call Mondays. I'm John McQuay with 8541 Tactical, and this is Mail Call Mondays, the show that answers your questions about precision rifles, optics, and equipment. Welcome to Season 10 of Mail Call Mondays. I really did not ever think when I started this thing that we would be doing it this long, but here we are in Season 10. So, Thank you very much for supporting us and keeping this thing going as long as it has. If you guys weren't watching these videos, uh, we wouldn't put them out there. Now, because I am paying attention to the metrics and I am watching, please, if you're watching this video, click the little subscribe button down below. Uh, metrics show me the large percentage of you, the majority of you that are watching this video are not actually subscribed to the channel. Uh, so please click that subscription button. Uh, it allows us to show manufacturers that you are interested in what we're doing. Now, to get on with our first episode of the new year, we're going to shift gears a little bit, and I'm going to talk about pistol braces. Uh, specifically, the one I have in front of me here is an SB Tactical SBA3, and I have it on a SIG MCX uh, lower. Uh, this MCX actually came as a 10.5-inch LE MCX with no uh, buffer at all, just a bare rail on the back here, or no... Um, brace at all. And uh, I ended up putting this on here uh, to do a little bit of work with it and uh, play with it a bit. So this did come as a AR pistol, it's an 11 .5 inch pistol. Um, SIG has uh, their own rotating brace that we actually have on a MCX Rattler cane brake that is uh, on the bench behind me. But uh, I really wanted to talk about this one because uh, this is a little bit more towards what uh, the common AR owner would use as a pistol brace. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up is uh, in December, the ATF uh, tried to play some shenanigans uh, with pistol braces. Uh, it was uh, about mid-December. Uh, they posted a guidance on um, AR pistols and pistol braces and uh, they posted it for a 14-day comment, which is somewhat odd. Uh, usually when they post uh, guidance or they post letters, um, they have a much larger comment window. So I'm not sure why they shortened that comment window. I, I believe they probably wanted to get it done before the new year and try to ram something through pretty quickly. Um, but the gist of this letter was this was supposed to be objective guidance uh, for people trying to determine, and mainly the gun industry, trying to determine if an AR was a pistol or a short barrel rifle. And this was supposed to lay out objective criteria, but it really didn't lay out any objective criteria. Uh, it talked about caliber, it talked about weight, it talked about uh, barrel length, it talked about sighting systems. Uh, it talked about everything, but nowhere were there numbers. When it talked about weight, it didn't say uh, between uh, 3 pounds and 10 pounds. Uh, when it talked about barrel length, it didn't say between 7.5 or 10 inches. Um, it just said these are the, the objective criteria that we use. But if they were objective criteria, it would be easy to say uh, what the benchmarks were that they were using. And they went through this long spiel, uh, and then they went down and basically talked about the process that they use, that uh, one agent will look at the sample that a manufacturer sends in, so the complete firearm, um, including whatever uh, brace 
uh, is included on it. Uh, one agent will go through and do all that, and then he will turn everything that he writes up over to another agent. Another agent will go through it and check his work, uh, and then that will then go on, uh, and that renders into the final opinion that they send back to the manufacturer. Uh, now, the strange thing about this is uh, this criteria is fully subjective. It even talks about things like a bipod, um, which people have been putting bipods on TC Contender and uh, Remington XP100s and other handguns that are used for hunting or silhouette shooting or whatever uh, for ages. It even goes into talking about if a bipod is attached or not, um, rendering if something is a pistol or a short barrel rifle. So throughout this criteria, that's pretty long and drawn out. So if it takes um, all the subjective decision-making and two ATF agents to decide if something is a short barrel rifle or a pistol, how is your average citizen uh, going to be able to determine that? How is your average law enforcement officer going to be able to determine that? And the reality is they can't. Um, so the entirety of this letter uh, was uh, pretty ridiculous on the face of it. Uh, because it didn't do anything at all other than uh, try to explain that the ATF is gunning for pistol braces. Now, pistol braces uh, do serve a very specific purpose. Um, back in the day when they first uh, released ARs, first started designing AR pistols, uh, it really was nothing more um, than a uh, short upper receiver, a less than 16-inch upper receiver, uh, and then a standard lower receiver with a rifle tube. Originally, they were rifle-length tubes coming out the back, and nothing. It was just a cylindrical tube. Now, as time went on, they got these tubes shorter and shorter uh, until they were as short as they possibly could. But you still had to have a buffer tube off the back of your receiver for a standard direct impingement AR to function. Uh, now, somewhere along the way, uh, somebody decided, hey, we've got this thing sticking out there. We can do something with it. And rudimentary braces started coming up. Uh, there were, even before the braces, there were people that were putting loops on the back of them so they could reach through with a loop. And the weight would pull the muzzle down, the loop would hold the back straight, and there you go. Um, beyond that, people were using slings and just being able to push the gun out against the sling and stabilize it. Uh, so... Along the way, they decide, hey, you know, we can come up with a much better way to actually strap this onto the forearm, and uh, there you go. Now you run into braces like the SB Tactical, SBA3, and SBA4. The SBA4 is more of a triangular uh, aesthetic. It looks more like a stock, but it still functions uh, like the brace. And uh, we now come to our modern day uh, with braces. Now, the ATF... Um, I think it was a couple of years ago now, uh, came out with a letter saying that um, that's fine, you could have a brace on your uh, pistol, uh, but it was illegal to shoulder the brace. So if you shouldered it, that was not a short barrel rifle. So pistol, short barrel rifle, pistol, short barrel rifle. So I guess if uh, an ATF agent came around the corner, I would have to pull it away real quick and go, nope, nope, it's a handgun, see? Um, that made no sense whatsoever, and... Uh, some months later after that, there was a uh, reverse opinion that went out that said, no, no, it's it's how you use it doesn't change um, because it is what is designed and intended to do. Um, because, for instance, if I take a Glock 
and hold a Glock against my shoulder, I can pull the trigger on a Glock with it held against my shoulder. I don't recommend that because the muzzle is right next to your face. You may get powder burns. You may shoot yourself in the jaw. Don't do that. But you could, even though you shouldn't, hold a Glock handgun against your shoulder and press the trigger. That doesn't make it a short barrel rifle. It's still a handgun. Um, now, what they're arguing here is that when you put a brace on um, per this latest letter is that depending on some subjective criteria, you may be designing and intending it to be a short barrel rifle. Um, I think the easy answer to this is just to remove short barrel rifles, period, from the NFA and uh, not worry about them at all. I think we've demonstrated with the hundreds of thousands of AR pistols uh, that are out in circulation, out on the street right now, um, it's not really a public safety issue. Uh, it is a government control issue and it is a revenue issue. Uh, now, one of the proposed remedies, they had several proposed remedies in this letter. Uh, so if they decided that um, your AR pistol is actually a short barrel rifle, you, you can't just maintain control over it because um, if for some reason uh, you were caught by federal agents, then you could be charged with a felony. Uh, so they proposed remedies to keep law-abiding citizens as law-abiding citizens. Uh, the first, obviously, being that you could just remove the brace. Uh, so if you had something like an MCX here, it's just one screw on the side and you pop this thing off and there you go. It's There's nothing to it. Um, so you could remove the brace and uh, discard that, and uh, then it would be fine. It would be compliant with federal law again. Uh, and the other option would be you could turn the whole uh, firearm in for disposal. And uh, obviously, uh, for most of us, that's not an option either. And the third option that they proposed uh, was that you could register it as a short barrel rifle, and that the ATF um, would come up with a process to expedite that and possibly uh, waive the $200 uh, manufacturing fee uh, to make a short barrel rifle. So normally, uh, when you make a short barrel rifle, you file a Form 1 with the ATF. Uh, personally, I do it online because it's relatively quickly when you do it through their uh, e-forms process. And you uh, drop my credit card number and they take $200 out of your pocket uh, for the privilege of um, tightening a screw and attaching a stock uh, on the back of an AR pistol. Uh, so normally I would be overjoyed at not having to pay $200 uh, to register a uh, short barrel rifle. Uh, but in this case, it's one step, two degrees that ramp to make it easier uh, for them to screw over a lot of American citizens. So I, I have issues with that just on uh, just on a moral basis. Uh, so there were those remedies. Now, one thing that I will say, um, a lot of us do have short barrel rifles. I have several. Um, I have gone through the process and uh, registered them with a Form 1. Uh, it's not a big deal if uh, that's the direction you want to go. Um, now, Registering something, having a suppressor, a short barrel rifle, a machine gun as a private citizen does not change your rights in any way, shape, or form. I've actually heard there, I could probably do a whole episode on uh, National Firearms Act myths out there, um, but I hear this in the gun store all the time. Well, I don't want a suppressor, I don't want a short barrel rifle because I don't want ATF agents to be able to come up and inspect my house. 
uh, it doesn't work that way. You are not a licensee uh, just because you paid a tax on an item. Um, the you, Your Fourth Amendment rights are still in place. Uh, ATF agents still require a warrant to come in and search your premises. Uh, so no, there's no inspection, things like that. The only thing that is um, uh, able to be inspected is if you're out at the range um, with a short barrel rifle or a suppressor or machine gun or any other weapon, any of the other items, they're a NFA regulated item. An ATF agent sees it, they can ask you to demonstrate that you have paid your $200 tax on that item. Um, it usually doesn't even come down to uh, individual officers, local or state law enforcement officers. Uh, for instance, uh, I'm a city cop. Uh, it doesn't matter to me at all if you have paid your $200 tax uh, to register a short barrel rifle or not, because there is no short barrel rifle law in Indiana. Um, so it is not a local law uh, that was put in place by the Indiana State Legislature. So it is not something that I care about in any way, shape, or form. In fact, in Indiana, it's kind of funny, a short barrel rifle actually qualifies as a pistol in Indiana. It qualifies as a handgun. So if you're carrying a short barrel rifle out in public, make sure you get your personal protection permit on you and you're good to go. So um, silliness aside, that is the current state of things uh, with pistol braces. Uh, now, the reason I'm bringing this up is because I saw a lot of people when we initially posted it, telling everybody to stand by for the comment period, um, I saw people say, why? Why even worry about it? Because the ATF's not going to listen to you anyway. Well, that's not the case. There have been times in the past uh, where the ATF was looking at banning the import of certain types of ammo because it was armor-piercing, and uh, they put up public comment, and there was huge public outcry against it. Uh, it was going to ban a very popular uh, form of ammunition for import, uh, so the outcry was just incredible, and uh, they shut it down. They uh, did not ban uh, one of the types of ammunition that was listed in there that got the most support. They did ban another one. Uh, so they do listen to public comment. Uh, now, in this case, the public outcry was pretty quick and the ATF uh, removed this proposed guidance. Uh, but I believe they removed the proposed guidance because they're just going to recycle it and come back next year uh, with a little bit more narrow scope on their guidance. And I think they're still going to be after uh, pistol braces. Um, there are quite a few uh, blurbs online now that says that our uh, incoming president is going to be uh, specifically targeting pistol braces and 80% firearms, uh, which we could do a whole video on 80% firearms. That's a whole different uh, ball of wax there. So I want you guys to pay attention to this. Now, even if you only own handguns, even if you only own bolt-action rifles, uh, if you are an American citizen, I want you to pay attention to this because uh, they're not going to be happy just banning uh pistol braces. They're not, they weren't happy just um, getting bump stocks taken off. Uh, it's just another rung of the ladder to banning all firearms. Uh, we never get something in return with this. When something's taken away from us, we don't get it back. Uh, very rarely uh, do we get any uh, firearms that were banned back. Um, 
Thankfully, uh, the old assault weapon ban had a sunset built into it, and a lot of politicians lost their jobs over it, so that one expired, uh, and we don't have to worry about it anymore in uh, most states. Uh, but they're smart to that now. They're not putting sunset dates in this stuff. Um, they're allowing things to go, and they become permanent, and then uh, goodbye. Uh, so this obviously is not a public safety issue. It's a control issue. Um, and I have problems with that just straight on the face of it. So please pay attention to this stuff. Uh, even if it doesn't concern property that you own, add your voice to the huge chorus of voices that are singing against it. Uh, don't sit idly by, because if you sit idly by because you don't have an AR, you don't have this, or you don't have that, um, then the whole goal is to whittle those gun owners away until when they come for whatever you have, there's only a handful of people left. So add your voice to the masses. Make sure you stay involved. I'll leave links down to the uh, several different agencies uh, that are several different groups uh, that are battling against this. Uh, please go check it out and keep your ears open for new stuff coming in the new year. But that is my opinion on uh, pistol braces, and that is kind of a rundown on what the ATF has been trying to do on them. Um, personally, I think pistol braces have some utility. Uh, I don't care if you shoulder them or not. I think it's great uh, right now uh, that you can uh, have an AR pistol with a brace on it and not have to pay a $200 tax for a short barrel rifle. I hope that continues on in the future. Um, but that's my opinion. I want to hear yours, so please let me know what you think about AR pistols and pistol braces. Please drop it in the comments down below or send it to us on Facebook or Twitter. If you like the video, please make sure you like, share, and subscribe, and click that little bell icon down below so you get notified when we release new videos. And until next time, get out and shoot!